but I want to read this and, and I'm going to just talk to us a little bit about it. In, it's the 139th Psalm. We don't have the screen, but that's all right. Trust me, I'm reading it from the Bible. Verse 23 and 24, and this is the psalmist is writing this, and um, there's a lot of reasons he's writing it. I'm not going to get into the reasons. It's what he's saying that I want to talk to us about. said, okay, we, we understand that. And no. Look, look at me so deeply. Know my heart. I want you to try me. Now, there's a lot in this. And even know my thoughts. Not just my actions. And they go together, the two verses. See if there be any wicked or evil way in me. If I'm doing anything wrong, then catch the last part. And lead me in the way everlasting. And what I want to just talk to us here about just a little while is God has a reason to search you. There's this. When you read the Word, and you should read the Word, this is a lifeline to me. You, you need, for me and everybody does different, for me, I want to get up early. My preference is, well, it's still dark outside. And just because when it's dark, it's quiet. There's not a lot of life in our house until the light comes from outside, the noon light. <laughs> no, she gets up. She's up every day by 11, whether she needs to or not. <laughs> Love you, babe. Yeah. <laughs> but I like, I like it to be quiet and just I can think. And, and when you read the Word, one of the things that to me is essential, and I've thought about this a lot this year, as I'm reading it. Why is this here? Why is it where it's at? But we need to know that God, and it's not just religious talk, it's truth, that God has given through this word what he wants us to have so that we can make it. Every verse that's there, there's a reason behind it. There's something there. Don't just read stories. It's not just, and David, David killed the giant. No, no. It's not just, and the water's parted. Don't, you can look if you're not careful and miss what this whole book is for. It's not just talking about the great men and women and the deeds that they did and the, the things that they did. And here's where it's coming. This book is about the concept 
that God has for us. The concept. Now, a concept, here's the definition. The con- word concept just simply means it's a plan or intention. This word offers you and I the plan or the intention of God for humanity. It gives me what I personally feel is that if we can ever realize, if we can ever truly grasp that there is always, not sometimes, most time, always, and Jeremy and Lena, Lauren, with everything you're going through, and I'm talking to you today in Little Rock, and I wish that that there's something I could say different, but I'm telling you, I have felt it strongly. There's always a plan. God always has an intention. He always has a purpose. If we can ever grasp that, then it helps us when we find ourselves going through things. Whatever it may be. Things that I didn't expect. Things that I didn't plan for. Well, here's what I kind of realize. This God who knows everything, while it's working out, He is working a plan. And it is going to come to fruition if we don't get ourselves in God's way. And what I felt... And I realize it dawned on me how many times I have, in the midst of calamity, and we all have, for you to think that calamity is not going to come, well, I'm in the church, I'm not supposed to go through these things. Where'd you ever read that? That's in the funny papers. You shouldn't waste too much time with that anyway. But what I have found is because of this word, I have realized that I have been able to say he is with me and I can make it. And I found it out through this. My problem, I started to say our problem, but I'm not going to take it in on you. You can take it if you want to. It's your business. My problem is this. Allowing what God has given me to impact me to the point that I can say I have something to hold on to. Sister Janice is going in for surgery a week from today. Sister Janice, this is applicable to you. It's where you're at. The devil tries to produce fear. Well, what if? How come? My sister's going in for some could-be-serious tests tomorrow. I can't allow fear to swarm and cover. When God gives me this, God is saying, fear not. God is saying, I am with you. God is saying, you're going to make it. It'll be all right. But in this 139th Psalm, I've read it and read it and read it and read it. 
Search me, O Lord. Other translation says examine. The word that they choose to use of search means to examine intimately. Looking and find out. David's saying, God, look through me. It's not what I want people to think about me or how I act in front of them. How am I really? You know, I try to tell my wife this. She does not listen to me. This is just one of the many things she doesn't listen to me about. Just about every person I know at some times, their house is not spotless. No hands. Have you ever had dishes in the sink? <laughs> Have you? Okay, here's where it's at. Have you ever taken your clothes out of the dryer and they're on the sofa? But when people come over, check behind the doors. It's spotless. You knew they were coming. You, you, already, you already had that. You, you already, I want everybody to think, you know, it's not what everybody thinks it's important. It's what he knows that is valuable. It's what he sees that counts. And this is a petition to God. Search me. Look me out completely. Find out. Seek out. God, if there's something inside of me, not in the church, well, I won't tell you others are doing that. You know what? I don't care what others are doing or not doing. It's what I've got to do. I'm not, you're not going to get me to heaven. I'm going to get me to heaven. I've got to walk my life with God. And sometimes, and I don't know how I want to say this except say it. Sometimes a church service, a message, the spirit, the way that it goes, all it is is God searching our lives. He's just looking. How many, how many of us have ever said, boy, he read my mail. He told me right where I was at. I'll never forget, and I've mentioned this years ago, but I was preaching for my dad many years ago. And while I was preaching, I said something. I made some comment. Well, some people would say so-and-so or do so-and-so or this would happen. And, and, and I made the comment. And after church, my dad said, oh, my Lord, son. This lady in the church, her name was Rutledge, said, we had that conversation the day before you got here. It sounds like I told you what we said. It's, it said it's, I mean, you did everything but call her name. And so here's the son giving the dad. I said, well, dad, do you think maybe God was in that? <laughs> he said, yeah, but she doesn't know it. <laughs> you know, sometimes what happens, 
God takes a service and, and don't just throw it off. God is searching to see where we are, what I need, what I need to do, what I need to be, and God is looking. And to me, to me, if God is searching and he's looking into me, it, it's not about whoever else is here. God, it's me. David's cry was not, search us out, O Lord. Search Israel out, O Lord. He said, search me, O God, and know my thoughts, O Lord. And God, if there's any wicked way in me, lead me. <clears throat> you know, anyone that's raised children, and they try to think they're the professional, Bless God, they're going to do what I tell them to do. <laughs> when you're looking at them, bozo, when you turn your back, they're going, they know, not mine. Proof point right there. Yes, they have. And they, when you walk out, they do what they want. When you come back, no, no, not at all. I've been sitting here all, all evening. I hope they don't see that over there. But anyway, it, it, God, search me, me. And look at this through the idea of God's concept, his plan, or his reason for us. David, the giant killer. David, the king. David, the friend of God. All these things are great accolades. These are things that elevate David in a special realm. But David realized that in his need of God was, search me. Again, I'm telling you, out of this word comes the concept that you and I ought to reach out to God and we ought to pray a prayer. God, search me. God, look into my life. Speak into me. Speak into me. Then he says something that we overlook. We all look at the search me. We all look at the try me, know me. But he says in that 24th verse, after know if there's any wicked way, he said, and lead me. Lead me. Okay. You know, it is at this point that you and I decide whether we will allow him to have access into our lives or not. What? I thought he's God. God will never force his way into any of our lives. If I want to, if I want to do the dumbest thing in the world, that's God's, God may try to help me not to, but if I refuse to see it, God just going to back away. If that's what I want to do, that's what I can do. God, you know, God is, I'm going to decide, am I going to let God lead me? Am I going to let God have access into my life? And I guess the question needs to be asked, because I found myself asking me, have I allowed him to lead me? 
I'm not just talking about in one service, in one day. Have I allowed him to have access, David, into me to lead me? Or, because it's one of two things, it's either I have, or do I tell him how and what I want? This is how I'm going to live for God. Well, let me tell you, this may be how you live, but it's not necessarily how you live for God. I live for God. It's like he said in John, if you obey my commandments, you love me. That's the concept that comes out of here. David is writing this as he's writing. He's writing it. This is a song. Think about it. This is what they were to sing at special times. These are things that, and David is saying, I want all of Israel to express individually. I want them to say, and what he's saying by saying, search me, see if there be, try me, know me, all this. He's saying, change me. If there's something that needs to be changed in my life, change me. Isn't that what parents are doing? Again, I'm going in, and I guess maybe because after... I made the mistake of walking in the fellowship all a while or earlier. And isn't that what parents do when they tell them don't do that? And if they do it, you give them a little pop. Sometimes you need to give them more than one little pop. But when you just say, hey, don't do that. I'm trying to change. I don't want them to burn the house down. I don't want them to play with matches and throw it on the carpet. Isn't that really neat how that thing flames up? Well, that's a kid. You're the adult. God knows why I shouldn't do some things. And so God is leading me to change me. If there is anything, God, that you see in me. Now, I'm telling you something that I have had to seek God over. Studying this. If there's anything in my life that you see that shouldn't be, change me. Change me. God, turn me around. If I don't need this, change me. God, let this. And I guess again the question that, I, that I've got to ask, will you let him change you? Now, I could go at length in some of this, and I, I'm not going to, but when I talk about will you let him change you and asking him, God, search me, you know what? Carlos, this is a daily thing. This isn't something I did the night God filled me with his spirit. This isn't something I do once a year. This is daily I'm praying. If I'm praying, God, I love you. God, help me. Then I am praying, God. If, if you're not, you're missing it. If there's something in my life that needs to be different, God, I am asking you to change me and help me, God, and lead me in this. And God, and that leading, you know, <coughs> I got to thinking 
First, let me say this. First, I've got to pray. I must pray. Search me, Lord. Because that's opening the door of God to, to God to come into my life. Search me, Lord. And I'm not asking you to search me. I'm not asking you to judge me. I want him to judge me. I want him. I had some, I walked in one night, one day, someone who used to go to church here. I bought a brand new necktie. It looked good. And someone that didn't know purple from orange looked up at me and said, Ooh, my Lord, where'd you get that ugly tie? I did not say what I felt to say. I was coming to church. <laughs> I thought what I wanted to say, but I let it go. But I couldn't wear that tie again. And I knew that they didn't know anything. They had no idea. But I want God. Not I don't want you to look. Well, what did you do? I don't want you to have to come into me and tell me you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't go. I want God to come into my life and I want the touch of God and the Spirit of God to come down. I don't want, now here, this I thought about this. I don't want anything to attach itself to my heart that'll draw me away from God. If well, it, it does. It's not bad. I can convince myself of anything if I try hard enough. But I don't want to let something come in on me and pull me away and hinder me. You know, we quote the twenty-third Psalm, and and. Everybody. That's my favorite scripture. That's just because it's short and it's easy to remember. But the Lord is my shepherd. You know, all that's true, but there's something in there that we miss because David also declares in this, he leads me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me. Doesn't, there's no place it's said, He makes me. He threatens me. He forces me. No, He leads me. It is here that we determine, am I going to direct my life or is He going to direct my life. Speaking as a shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. My shepherd leads me. The sheep sometimes wants to go another direction. But the sheep knows when they trust in the shepherd that the shepherd knows there's danger. And if I get off the track, I'm in trouble. He leads me is what David is saying. And what I am trying to tell us tonight, I need him to lead me. But I cannot be led if I refuse to follow. I've got all the answers. I know what I need to do. I know where I need to go. I know what I want to. No, 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 no. 
You missed it. Search me, Lord. Try me, know me, understand me, God. See if there's something in me that shouldn't be. God, I want my life to please you. Amen. See, I want him, and I, I, I feel this more tonight than I ever have in my entire life because I've spent time with this. I want him to lead me. I want him. I understand that I need. That's where it comes. Cameron, that's where it's at. I need him to lead me. I need him. It's not, oh, all right, I guess I'll fall in line. No, 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 don't do that. Go ahead and act like a clown if you want. It has nothing to do with that. I want him to lead me. But before he can lead me, I have to cry, search me, show me, look at me. And then I have to follow. One old songwriter wrote many years ago, where he leads me, I will follow. I'm going to follow him. And that word lead, when it said he leads me, that word, the meaning of it, he guides me, he governs me. I'm not big enough to be smarter than God. I can't do this on my own. And I think, here's where all this started coming down to me. I think this all comes together. And again, I'm saying this is a concept, a plan, a purpose of God. I believe that it is brought down to the point, Jerry, I've got to ask me, am I willing to change if I need to change something? I can't be hard-headed, stubborn, I mean, when it comes to God. I got, I've got to, I, I read this several years ago, and I, I was thinking about it, and I looked it up, and I found it again in my, some of my, just stuff I had. This was a letter written to the President of the United States, John Quincy Adams. Any of you remember him? It was dated January 31st, 1829. Does that ring a bell with anybody? So the letter came, and here's where it started. The canal system of this country is being threatened by the spread of a new form of transportation known as railroads. The federal government must preserve the canals for the following reasons. He thought this out. Number one, if canal boats are supplanted by railroads. 
Serious unemployment will be the result. Captains, cooks, drivers, hostlers. Hostlers is a person who takes care of the horses at an inn. Repairmen, lock tenders will be left without a means of livelihood. Not to mention the numerous farmers now employed in growing hay for the horses used by canals. Number two, boat builders would suffer and tow line and whip and harness makers would be left destitute. When's the last time you've gone to get a tow line or a whip? Don't answer that. Number three, canal boats are absolutely essential to the defense of the United States. In the event of the unexpected trouble with England, the Erie Canal would be the only means by which we could ever move the supplies so vital to waging modern war. As you may well know, Mr. President, Railroad carriages are pulled at the enormous speed of 15 miles per hour by engines, which, in addition to endangering the life and limb of passengers, roar and snort their way through the countryside, setting fire to crops, scaring the livestock, frightening women and children, the Almighty certainly never intended that people should travel at such breakneck speed. Signed, Martin Van Buren, Governor of New York. We need canals, and we don't need railroads. I am so glad that things changed. <laughs> I am so glad that things are not Oh, we got to have it this way. Oh, it's got to be that way. Oh, no, we can't cross here. We've got, we've got, I am so glad that things changed. God searched me. I, when Elijah was struggling, and, and, and it's ironic, he struggled after the miracles after he prayed the fire down and it rained, he struggled. Sometimes after we've had great victories, we're going to have some of our greatest opportunities to have discouragement. Search me, God. That's when he went and hid in the cave. God came to him, and finally the Lord spoke. He said, what are you doing in this cave? What does that tell me? God searched and found him. And then God led him. God told him, you're about to go anoint a king for Syria. You're about to go and anoint Elisha the prophet in your stead. And these things are getting ready to happen. And as Elijah made his way to where Elisha was, I thought about several things that took place 
it said that Elisha was in the field. Evidently, there were servants. There were 12 yoke of oxen. They were plowing. And when Elijah came and laid the mantle on him, Elisha took the oxen and the instrument, the yoke, and he made a fire and he made a sacrifice. And he left and he followed Elijah. Now why? One of it, I'm not going to go back to where I was. This is not a temporary thing. I'm going to live for God. I don't know what our future, it's almost to the point I don't even want to listen to news anymore. For number one, you can't believe 99.9% of anything they're saying. If they say it's raining outside, you better go out and check it. If they say they're rioting so-and-so, They're, they're telling you the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. I can't, I can't trust it. This world is a mess. I'm not going to allow this world to control me, to tell me who I am, what I am. Elisha changed who he was when Elijah came by. When God comes by, There needs to be a change in our heart. When Saul was called to be a king, the the prophet told him, you're going to go and they're going to anoint you and they're going to do this. And it said, and he had a change of heart. Things, that's how God operates. You know what? It dawned on me, and I could have gone through a list and a litany of, of names. Every person the Lord has ever used had to come to a place of change me. Repentance is a change me moment. Now, and if you revert back to who you were, what you were, you lied to God. No, I wouldn't do that. Ask God how he thinks. Live for God. If you said I'm going to follow you, follow him. Don't try to lead God. How stupid. The sheep leading the shepherd? I mean, that's what you're talking about. Well, I'm going to do so. I'm going to, I don't, I'm going to tell you what. You're talking to God. You're talking to God. God's the one who's in control. There's a reason that he searches us out. He searches us out because if there needs to be a change in our lives, he's telling us, change me. Change me. Hallelujah. Let's stand together, would you? It is even to some of this that I guess I've got it on my mind. These 30 young people, from Arkadelphia. I want to see God change them. They're in in service right now. Now, I'm telling you, 
you've never if you've never been to an HYC, you don't have any idea where what's they're going through right now. Number one, it's loud. Why no no no? If you've never been, it's loud. Number two, there's close to two thousand young people there. And they are wild in worship. They're singing, they're praising, they're shouting, and they're loving it. And you know what? The presence of God is there in a powerful way. God can touch. And that's what I'm wanting. And the ultimate purpose and end is change me. I think it would be a good way to close this tonight to first of all ask God. I, I, I think we ought to commit. God, I am going to ask you every morning when I get up, search me. Search me. God, search me. And you cannot ask and be honest with God if you don't go to the next verse and lead me. The first thing before I can help anyone, God, if there needs to be something in me, change me. Why don't you just reach out to God and just make that commitment. I'm going to pray that, God. I'm going to ask that, God. I'm going to ask God search me and know me and try me. God, lead me, God. Lead me, God. Lead me, God. Lord, help me in what I do and how I do. I pray, Lord. Hallelujah.